But flip the script, we're preaching the first five chapters of the book of Acts, and it's all, the book of Acts isn't a prescription of what the church should be, but it's definitely a description of what the church could be, and it shows us what the church is, how powerful the church can be, the miracles we can see, and all that God has made available. And I love the fact that when it started, it starts with a bunch of wimps who'd run away when Jesus was crucified, and then by Acts 17, they're described as these men who turned the world upside down. And in 2021, when it seems like the script is written, the challenges are there. So, no, could we be a people who flip the script, who trust God for miracles? And what does it look like? Acts 2, being filled with the Spirit of God from top of our heads to the bottom of our toes. Filled, a special enabling. That's what that word means. A special enabling for the mission of God, for the life of God, and pulling people into that. Then Gabe preached last week from Acts chapter 3 about this obedience of Peter and John, saying, silver and gold we don't have, but when you reach out your hand, you'll see miracles. And they see this man who'd been lame for 40 years stand up and walk for the first time. And you can imagine, that causes a stir. These things don't happen. They just don't happen all the time. And yet the church has been birthed. Amazing thing about it, they're only a few weeks old. So how often do we in the church, like you're newly saved, just relax, calm down, just relax, calm down a little bit, and I promise you, you'll understand. You just need to be a bit more relaxed, sit in row three, don't push into row two, stay in row three, actually safer for you to be in row five right now. But actually, no, we're going to preach the gospel, so every believer full of the Spirit, that changes the game, that flips the strip. So as we jump in today, Acts 4 starts, and it's a continuation of this amazing story. And, and you can imagine the uproar in the town. There's this beggar who was famous for begging and always being there for 40 years, never walked. All of a sudden gets touched by the Spirit of God, gets healed and starts doing the floss in the middle of the zone there. I mean, he's just cutting rugs. He's just going, he's like, I can do the floss. And, and, and everyone's going, what's happened here? And there's uproar. And obviously it says the, the head of the police and the Sadducees and Maybe they're called Sadducees because they said, you see. I don't know. <laughs> just thought about that this morning. I, I don't know. But just religious, powerful people pulled into the story. They got no life to them. They don't have the Spirit of God. So they're a bit competitive as it happens. You know, they haven't done some miracles. And all of a sudden, there's a miracle. And so they get angry and they put Peter and John in jail overnight. They don't know what to do with them. And they ask the question, what power and what name do you do this? And Peter and Joe's, well, let me tell you. And he answers them. They're like, hang on. We didn't really want a good answer there. He says, no, it's Jesus, the one you crucified. And he preaches the gospel with power because it says he's full of the Spirit. Yes, Peter, who used to be a wimp, who shied away from a little servant girl again and again, that Peter. The Peter who dropped in faith and fell through the floor of the water, that Peter. He says, now I'm going to preach the gospel to you. I don't care your role, your position. I don't fear, man. I'm full of the Spirit of God. And they carry on and they don't know what to do with them. And it says they have this big meeting and they start threatening them. Threat after threat. You've got to stop this now. You've got to stop this now. And then they ask the question, but, but, but what do we do with these men? They realize they can't do anything with them. Why? Because they're God's men. They're God's people. They're full of the Spirit. And, and, and they make this incredible statement in verse chapter 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. 
They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love the way the Passion Translation sets it. They began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with them. I mean, let's just stop there. Let's not preach another word. If you want to know how to live a Christian life that looks powerful, that sees the power of God, spend time with Jesus. If, if the Sadducees and the chief of police could get that observation right, we need to get that observation right. We need to understand that the power is us being with Jesus. So they ask the question, what do we do with these men? It's a question I ask often about Gabriel Phillips. What do I do with him? No, what do we do with these men? They, they sing miracles. And in the corner, there's this 40-year-old dude doing the floss. He's like never walked in his life, but he's cutting rugs. And they can't deny the power that has healed him because they've never done that. And they've never seen the power. And the one in whose name they're doing the miracles, he rose from the dead. And they put him on that cross. So they threaten him again. Peter goes, hey guys, should I listen to you or the one who made that guy walk? It's a challenge. And the bottom line is they're in danger. So they, they leave the presence of these guys. They'd be let out of prison. They get threatened and threatened and threatened and threatened and promise of imprisonment. And these were the guys who were part of the team that put Jesus on the cross just seven weeks before. Peter and John were in danger. The church was in danger. And I want to preach a message this morning that I hope offends your comfort and offends your idolatry of safety because it offends mine. Yeah. When in danger, become dangerous. Become dangerous. When in danger, say this, become dangerous. Put a note in the comments there, become dangerous. It's a word to my soul. It's a word to yours. And hello to my mom and dad that are watching this morning. Welcome and well done for getting the technology right. But flip the script. And again, we want to trust God in marriages to flip the script, in businesses that are struggling to flip the script and engage in heaven. And I want to ask you and challenge you, when last did you sign up or do something dangerous? Lou, when last did you do something dangerous? Come on, come on. You know, the challenge is as we walk in church, these believers were seven weeks old, the ones who'd come alongside. Uh, they were like seven weeks old. Some were two days old. It's just, and, and, and yet somehow... Something terrible happens in the church. The longer we walk, somehow the more controlled we become. The more we settle for things. The more we rationalize why that didn't happen. And we stop trusting God for mighty things. And I want to call us to pick up the weapons of war, to pick up the weapons of prayer. See, prayer has become this subtle thing that become Christians do politely. Oh, let's say grace. Thank you, Father, for our food. Bless it. Amen. Now that's good. It's wonderful. It's gratitude. And we should pour out our gratitude. But I'm telling you, it's a little weird when those are the only prayers we're praying. What about, let's pray for traveling mercies. And Jesus says, my mercies on you every morning for you. What about, we pray Psalm 91, out of context, put a hedge of protection around my stomach when I eat this curry. No, only if it's from a curry shop that no one else goes to. Then you pray that prayer and you don't stop. But we call to pray prayers of offense, prayers that pull us into danger and make us dangerous. So I want to speak four points from the book of Acts. Can you turn to the book of Acts? If you've got your Bible, grab your Bible. But point number one, when in danger, run to a dangerous community. Now, I'm not talking about becoming gospel gangsters. I'm talking about this danger and who we are dangerous to, the enemy, his purposes, his plans, the death that he wants to bring. But what about when we get pulled into a story? Because when danger comes, we're all running somewhere. When there's a snake in the path, we start running. 
I want to make sure I'm running to the right place. And this is how it goes in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief's peace and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. See, Peter and John are in danger. They've been threatened. Jesus has just been crucified by these dudes. I mean, their lives are in imminent danger and they choose not to run for the hills. I don't know about you, but I think that Peter, before the Spirit of God came inside of him, might have run for the hills and sat like Nacho Libre under a tree going, leave me alone. But he doesn't. He goes back to the people of God. Why? Because he knows they're a dangerous community because they're a community filled with the Spirit of God and a passion for the name of Jesus. And they run there. Where are you running to? Who is your dangerous community? Dangerous to sin in your life? Dangerous to smallness in your life? Dangerous to cancer that wants to kill and destroy. Run to the church. See, when in danger, I want to people, I want to run to people who are more fearful of God than fearful of man. I want to run to people who are not interested in winning popularity contests or likes on Facebook. I want to run to people who have a passion and a faith to see the dead raised. I want to run to those people and I want to find myself in that community. If you weren't on church with us Wednesday night, you would have missed this man, Wayne Barthas, preaching. Uh, not preaching. He just prayed. He had a prayer moment. He prayed up a storm. He was sweating. He was going for it. And I've got in my soul, if, if I need prayer, I want this man to pray for me. Because he prays dangerous prayers that are full of faith, that have every chance to fail outside of God doing a miracle. Dangerous prayers. You see, it's amazing. They're under threat. They're still a minority. It's a miracle. They have up to 5,000, which means they're more than that because they just would have counted the men in those days. But it says they raised their voices aloud and prayed. They didn't huddle in a corner, break into small groups, sit down and dwell. They raised their voice. They didn't care who was listening. All the armies of the world could have been listening. All the prisoners or wardens of the world could be listening. All the police officials could be listening. They didn't care. Why? Because they were dangerous people. Will you raise your voice? But today I want to ask you, will you run to a dangerous community when you're in danger? Secondly, I want to say this. Pray to a dangerous God. Jesus had just healed the lame man. He was dangerous to the principalities and powers of the day. Why? Because they could never do that. All their religious structures, all their money and all their power of this earth couldn't change that man's situation. And yet Jesus touches him and heals him. Acts 4 goes like this. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. I mean, they prayed. But where did they start with their prayers? They took five verses out of a seven-verse prayer and they just reminded themselves who God is. He's the one who spoke. He's the one who created. He's the one who called them. And He's the one who, even though Herod and Pontius Pilate thought they were doing what they thought they were doing, no, God was in control of every detail. They prayed to the sovereign God. That word comes from, from the same word that is used to a despot, the ultimate ruler. 
the one who's in control of it all, beyond it all, the King of Kings, Sovereign Lord, they prayed out loud. They weren't worried who was listening. So they take five verses to remind themselves, not God. They're not reminding God who He is. They're reminding themselves who He is. Why? Because we're in danger. We forget when we're in danger, we start self-preservation. When we're in danger, we start becoming obsessed with safety. So five verses. See, when in danger, pray. And pray to a dangerous God who is dangerous to the affront and the enemy in your life who wants to bring to death. Point number three, simple as this. When in danger, pray dangerous prayers. So pray to a dangerous God, but pray dangerous prayers. Verse 29 of Acts chapter 4 says this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I love this. They don't go, God, keep us safe. Keep those naughty, naughty policemen from putting us in jail. God, protect us. Would you protect our bank accounts? Would you look after our children? And those are all good prayers. And the Psalms are full of prayers of protection. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying in this moment, when they were in danger and imminent danger, they prayed dangerous prayers and they asked for two things. See, they spirit-filled Peter. They asked for great boldness to preach the gospel. They've just spent the night in jail. It wasn't pleasant. Anchored to a wall. And they asked for one thing. God, would you give us great boldness? Would you fill us with the Spirit? Will you give us a special anointing, a special ability not to stay safe? not to be comfortable and not to have a good rest before we think about it. We don't even pray and fast before we know what to do. We're just going to ask for power. And then it says, will you stretch out your hands so that signs and wonders will follow? What had got them in trouble to this point? Signs and wonders. That's what put them in prison. The fact that a 40-year-old dude now doing the floss couldn't walk for 40 years of his life. Someone stretched out their hand and healed him. That sign and wonder put them in jail. That's the very thing they ask for. God, give us a special ability to preach your gospel. And give us signs and wonders. When last did you pray those prayers? If you want to pray dangerous prayers, pray those prayers. I've challenged myself to pray those prayers every day. I've chickened out after moment after moment at times in my life. And those are the saddest moments of my life. And I have to find myself back on my knees saying, God, give me courage. Give me strength. Call me again, anoint me again to preach your word, whether I'm in danger or not. Why? Because my eternity is in Jesus. So when in danger, the church has to rediscover the power of dangerous prayers. That it's an offensive weapon to the purposes of the enemy. That we aren't just giving prayer saying, keep us safe, God. It's, the, it's not the privilege of the experienced believers. These were seven-week-old believers at max. Most of them two, three days old. Daniel prayed that the mouths of lions would be shut and Jonah prayed that the mouth of a hungry whale would be open and, and Gideon prayed that his fleece would be wet one day and dry the next morning. And I'm telling you, we're called to pray dangerous prayers if we want to be the church who will flip the script. Oh, Mark, you're passionate this morning. I'm passionate because I'm speaking to my own soul that longs for safety and comfort. It longs for it. It's the first thing my soul sometimes thinks about in the morning. It's the last thing it thinks out about night. But I read the Gospels. I'm pulled in by the Spirit of God. I'm reminded who Jesus is. And I'm reminded there's a far bigger story at hand. There's salvation and lives. And lastly, when in danger, become dangerous. It says this in verse 31. After they prayed, 
Not even during they prayed. It wasn't, couldn't have been a good prayer meeting. The room didn't shake during the prayer. It says after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Imagine the people around. Just healed the lame guy, 40 years old. He's doing the floss on the corner. Now the building's shaking. I want the buildings to shake. I want your house to shake. I want my life to shake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them, not just the experienced ones, not just the ones who knew what scriptures to preach. All of them, not just the apostles, by the way. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Who? All of them. Not just the preacher, not just Peter, not just John. All of them. Maybe saying, well, I believe the Spirit of God is poured out once in Acts 2. We'll read Acts 4, and it's almost exactly the same. It says they were all filled. They all spoke boldly. There were signs and wonders. Buildings were shaken and tongues of fire in Acts 2. I'm telling you, God wants to keep pouring out His Spirit upon His people. Why? Because He's called us to be dangerous. I love the social media eruptions when we have our tremors in the suburbs. And, and everyone in the suburbs is checking in on Facebook. I'm safe. I'm safe, and there's a photo of a, of a cup that fell off the table. as devastation. And there's a, the guy who gets the humor of it, throws his garden chair over, takes a photo and goes, we will rebuild. Why? Because we have settled for safety, and we've been told that we're good when we're safe. And the Bible says, actually, we're on the edge of living true life when we're in danger for the king and his kingdom. But he wants to anoint us for that moment. Oh, it's Spirit of God, come pour upon me. I want to rest in your presence. Yes, why? For dangerous situations so the kingdom of God can advance. Mark, you're very, very excited today. I'm very, very excited today. What makes us dangerous? It's not time in church. It's not experience in handling the devil and the seven techniques of deliverance. It's not the fact that we were once a majority because now we're a minority and uh, our, our, our mighty army. The Salvation Army must rise up. No, the Spirit of God in the people of God. That's the thing. That's the game changer. I've read Acts time and time again. I read it. it takes me two hours and 25 minutes to read through the whole book of Acts. And you've got to read the book of Acts and you just look for the activity of the Spirit of God. And then you try to read the book of Acts without recognizing the power of the Spirit of God in the people of God. And I promise you, it would be a very different story. And every book that followed would be different. You know what I love about this book? It ends with, Radical generosity. It just says the one dude, they're selling their houses, they're giving it away. The one guy sells his house. A little different to Ananias and Sapphira, you'll see in Acts 5. He sells his house, he just gives it all away. Why? Because they don't fear anything. Why? Because they've become dangerous to the purposes of the enemy, to the smallnesses of my heart, to the limitations of this life. They've become dangerous to cancer. they become dangerous to insecurities. they become dangerous to the chains that have held the abused and the broken for all their lives. they become dangerous to the lame who've never walked in their life and never danced the floss. They've become dangerous. Are you in danger? Peter and John were in danger at the start of Acts 4. When in danger, run to a dangerous community. When in danger, pray to a dangerous God. When in danger, pray dangerous prayers like, make me bold to preach your gospel. Show me signs and wonders and become dangerous. And I want to share one last thought. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this amazing scripture, but you will receive power. Who? Us. The church will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to all these earths. So 
We get power to be witnesses. So we should be praying, Lord, make us bold. But that word power comes from a Greek word used 120 times in the New Testament. And it's this word dunamis. It's this, this dynamite. The, it's the word strength, ability, power. And it's the root for the words dynamite, dynamo, and dynamic. Dunamis. So let's take dynamite. Dynamite that in the positive can be used to break up rocks so we can mine. In the negative can be used in battles and war to hurt enemies. But the Bible says, the one we call to wait for gives us the dunamis, the power, the dynamite, makes us dangerous. And if you're watching today and you're wondering who the church is, the church is a subdued group who gather together to sing Sunday karaoke together. No, the church is powerful and dangerous. When we'll trust God and we'll see the Spirit of God fill us, special and neighboring. When you read these scriptures, I want to ask you, will you take time to wait on the Spirit of God and say, God, fill me, fill me, because I've settled for safety. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? I want to pray for my own soul this morning. I think there's a battle in the hearts of God's people this morning by this word spoken. There's a seduction of safety. There's an idolatry of safety. Keep my bank account safe. Keep my future safe. What future? The next 30 years of this earth? What about eternity? Who are you going to take with you into eternity? What's the eternal story look like? Because that is safe in the hands of the Almighty. Right now, will you close your eyes with me? I want to pray for believers this morning that we would repent of the idolatry of safety and put Jesus back on His throne. That we would repent of the idolatry of every duck being in a row, every T cross and every I dotted. Because when I look at the book of Acts, I see a church of new believers, full of the Spirit of God, praying mature prayers, quoting Psalm 2, pulling people in and seeing the kingdom and their number growing daily and miracles happening in their midst and the continued story and the gospel going from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. I want in. So I'll run to a dangerous community and I'll pray to a dangerous God and I'll pray dangerous prayers and I'll become dangerous because I'll be filled with the Spirit of God this morning. Fill your people, God, now, I pray. Fill your people. Fill your people. Fill your people. Fill your people, God. Pour out your Spirit now. Come, Holy Spirit, anoint the church. Anoint the church. Strip away comfort. Strip away idolatry. Strip away smallness. Strip away the things that keep us nailed down to the floor when you call the gospel to go. And let us pray prayers that are dangerous to the enemy. Dangerous to the purposes of our enemy. Dangerous to death and destruction. Bringing life and anointing now. Fill your people, God. Fill your people, God. If you're watching this live, fill your people now. If you're watching this later, fill your people now, God. You aren't limited. You are held back. You are pulling us into your story. Praise the King. Sovereign God above all else. Let your church shine. A city on a hill. An army advancing. Not settle down in the villages. We sign up, God. And although there might be danger at the door, we sign up to your kingdom, your story, to flipping the script today. Praise you, God.
Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Anoint your people. If you haven't met Jesus, if you haven't received His grace today, make a decision and just pray with me now. Jesus, be my King. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And say this, Spirit of God, come. Anoint me with dunamis power. Today. Praise you, King. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Can we just praise Jesus now? We praise you, Jesus. We glorify your name. We give highest praise to you, Jesus. Highest praise to you, Father. Spirit of God, we love you. Fill your church now, God. Pour out your power. Pour out your power. Pour out your power, God. Thank you, God.